0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you all are having a great Friday. Hope you guys are having a great beginning to your weekend. Hope you guys are not weakened by your week's end, that you guys are going to do some good self-care and some good uh, personal development and growing spirits with God. With that being said, for those joining me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Eze, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, you like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who have been rocking me for a mighty long time, whether you've been a subscriber for for years or minutes or seconds, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasured. You also want to shout out all those people listening right now on the podcast, whether you're listening in the car, listening, going on vacation, listening, picking the kids up, listening in the truck right now. I want to say thank you so much for listening. And I pray what I say in this video. And this audio would be a blessing to you. But as everyone is coming in live with their questions, let me go ahead and let you guys know about some things I got going on. And right now, it's summertime. Oh, wrong graphic. Either way, it's uh, summer coaching. And so if you need any support re- with real relationships, real spiritual development, singleness, purpose, and branding, and you want to talk to me on the phone about anything, you need my advice about anything, you need my coaching about anything, you can go ahead and get, get a slot now. Uh, for the next 10 weeks, I'll be coaching... Um, a lot more than I would working at my job. And so if you want to get on the books with me um, this this summer, go ahead and uh, uh, let me know what your budget is for one session or multiple sessions if you need it, and then I'll customize a coaching session for you. Also check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, How to Go From Feeling to finding the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling the roles that God has you uh, uh, in at the moment. And this book, I believe, is, will be a great resource for you to help you really process your ability, uh, uh, process your feelings so that you can get back to filling your purpose. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better and you want to be a little bit more prepared to hold or be better prepared to hold the things you currently have, this book, The Wholeness Journal, will be a great resource for you. It's a book that um, uh, helps you understand wholeness. Like I said before, wholeness is not perfection, it is preparedness. The book that kind of sparked that book or well, part one was this book, The Purpose of Singleness. If you're going to learn the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it, this book will be a great resource for you. Also, if you're looking for a book to see if the person you are dating with are on the same page as you and have you uh, give you a ton of questions to either end their wrong relationship or extend the right one or if you're just looking for a book to help you date yourself and date God so that you can be dateable, it's a great resource here. If you're looking for a book to help you understand, discern and how to discern the will of God in every area of your life and to make sure that you're not settling for uh, the devil's pest but preparing yourself for God's best, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds and you want to understand those things more and how to uproot them and untie from them, this book would be a great resource for you. If you got young people, third grade to seventh grade, you're looking for a good book to inspire them to be God's best, I mean to be their best, uh, uh, in their art form This book would be A great resource for them And if you're struggling With spiritual warfare And you want to better Understand spiritual warfare And how to uh, the, Execute the whole armor of God This book would be A great resource there Here is some merch As well as uh, If you're looking to want to support what I do He's like hey man You feel generous You want to support what I do um, Just locally in, my, in ministry As well as what I do online You can do that there Alright Now that we're done with that I think we have a lot of questions now all uh, right, let's get going. Princess says, "Hello, Coach. Hope you're well." Youngy you new says, "Hey, Coach. How are you? I'm doing exceptionally well. It's Friday. School is done for the for the year, and so I'm excited about the summer and serving you all. I'll be doing a lot more videos, teaching videos. Um, I'll be doing a lot of live Q and A videos. But I'm gonna do a lot of teaching videos. I'm, I'm in that I'm in that river now. I want to teach you all and, and give you guys worksheets and stuff like that. So I look forward to that as well. Uh, you said great to catch a live. It's been a while since I could catch one. We're glad that you caught one today." I don't usually do these at this time, but I felt led to do so, so I'm here. Now, let's get going. Joshua Pittman says, Are the principalities in the heavenlies blocking prayers of healing and deliverance, getting to God quicker? I read they are disarmed, so I'm confused, even uh, when I pray for them to move out the way. Well, Joshua, we live in a very complex demonic world. Our enemy... It's not uh, unorganized or uh, unstable. Um, the Bible says "When if a kingdom rises against itself it cannot stand. He was talking about the kingdom of darkness that if they were discombobulated and not in unison then um, the things that happen in our world today would not be so precise and, and flowing the way it is. So it is a very complex and there are ranks in the demonic world. You have the principalities you have other ranking demons up under them principalities governs regions. Uh, a text in the word of God that alludes to this is when Daniel was praying and uh, the angel was coming to answer Daniel's prayer but the principality of Persia in that realm as the angel was coming through Persia that principality was trying to block that demonic spirit, not the demonic spirit but try to block that angel from getting an answer in Daniel's prayer but Daniel because man is in partnership with God continuously to pray and, and, and it added some spiritual warfare for the angel to get through the same is now, the difference between Daniel's day and our day is that we have the Holy Spirit in us, right? And so we're able to pray um, prayers and able to be specific and strategic and have insight that demonic spirits don't necessarily have, can break up the airways for because we have uh, um, God's spirit inside of us, right? Now, do do can um, uh, principalities block? Um, uh, blessings of God from passing through, um, they can't stop the will of God ultimately, but they can um, be a pest. And, and they do that by our realm Versus up there, so they partner with demonic spirits down here to get us frustrated, to get us emotional, to get us in doubt, low level of frequency of belief. Because if we get into that, then it affects the level of pull, trust, and, and 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 preparation for us to be receptive of the answered prayer. And some answered prayers have nothing to do with demonic spirits; it's based upon our lack of preparation, right, or uh, bad patterns, right. And so uh, uh, it's not necessarily demons or principalities blocking our deliverance or healing. It is our own decisions blocking our deliverance and healing. That's why I always say healing happens when habits change. If I continuously to eat bad food and expect the blessing in the form of healing, why would God heal me in an area where I have poor patterns? So some of us don't necessarily need to be healed physically. We need to be healed mentally, emotionally, and spiritually because we're a holistic being, right? So we can pray all day for demonic spirits to to move away. But if we're not moving the right way and we got bad patterns, then we won't be able to see those levels of uh, prayers answered in regards to healings and deliverances. I hope they help. Let's keep going. Great questions, y'all. Golden Christian says, hey, coach, is it okay to listen to secular music that talks about love and marriage that is not gospel at all? Most people say all secular music is bad, but I don't get the reason. Well, here's three categories of music. There's sacred music, there's uh, secular music, and then there's satanic music. There's three categories of music. Uh, they're sacred, that means it's, it's sacred to God, worship, praise, music that, that is sacred for the worship, glorifying praise of God and human beings connecting to God in songs or whatever, right? Secular music is different than satanic music. People use the term secular but get confused uh, with the difference between satanic and secular. Happy birthday is not a sacred song. It is not a happy birthday song to God. It's a secular song, right? It's, it's, it's not bad. And it's not necessarily sacred. It's just a good happy birthday song. The ABCs is a secular song. It's not a sacred song. Songs like that or songs that are um, like Casey and JoJo, Tell Me Is Real, you know, or, or All My Life I Pray For Someone Like You. That's secular, but it's not necessarily bad. Satanic music, I don't know if they got no twisted of the music in that um, Casey and JoJo. Don't take my word for that. I don't know how satanic it got it, right? But I'm just giving an example. Satanic music is music with a satanic agenda, even with a positive message. So you got worship songs that are satanic songs because they're not uh, rooted biblically, scripturally. They're subconsciously luring people to worship self and not worship God. So so if you put them in three categories, only the spirit of God can give you specific discernment on which category they fall. So there's a lot of worship songs from different major worship corporations that are satanic at their core, but they're categorized as sacred. So sacred songs are songs that are genuinely inspired by the Holy Spirit, genuinely uh, uh, rooted in, in in reverence and honor and authenticity and accuracy of God's word. Those are sacred Secular songs are just songs out there that are they have they have biblical tones, biblical themes, but not necessarily talking about God, like uh, uh, like songs like love and stuff like that that are not satanic, right? And there's other categories of secular songs like Happy Birthday ABCs, right? Satanic songs are songs that have a satanic goal agenda, knowingly or unknowingly by the artist, with the goal to sway people from God and to cause deceptive seeds in the hearts and minds of people to get people subconsciously. Altered away from things of God. And people understand just how deep music goes, right? Uh, Most scholars believe that Satan or Lucifer was the the angel of music. And, And there's no surprise that he's running music now, right? Because music is the ultimate weapon against the human soul. It has so much power. Music probably is one of the most powerful things on the planet. Therefore, if you're the devil, you want to own that because of the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual effects that music uh, occurs, even in frequency level and and hurts and how it hurts people through certain hurts that they put certain songs causing certain emotions to conjure up. Right, So music is very complex, very deep, and you need the Spirit of God to discern it. I don't care if it's your favorite song. The Spirit of God says, no, there's something behind that greater than what your current systems can perceive at the moment. It sounds good. It feels good and even plays in a church service. Just because all those things happen doesn't mean God calls it. And most of those things, most of the stuff in common Christian culture is more satanic than sacred. So there's three categories of music. There's sacred, secular, and satanic. Everything must be filtered through the spirit of God. The sad thing is people will take this and be like, well, the Holy Spirit, let me do this. Most people are not close to the Holy Spirit enough to be able to discern. Most people are not good at discerning anything. And they, therefore, they look at things at face value. You don't look at things face value. You see the value behind the face. And this book on discernment, I think, would be able to help you all counterfeit the counterpart. It talks about how to properly discern and become sensitive to the spirit of God so that you can be able to discern what is actually of God versus what's of the devil. Hope that helped. B. Ramirez says, hey, coach, what do you think about affirmations? I think uh, words of themselves are are significant and necessary. Right. I don't believe that people should not idolize, but I don't think people should um, uh, make their affirmations, their sole source ticket um, for things they want to get with. Right. Or get in life. Affirmations were meant to be tools alongside the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, to get your framework right. And there's nothing wrong with saying affirmations without the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you got to need Holy Spirit, should I say this or say that? I'm not saying that. But there's, they should be developed with him in mind, with him in uh, time, and, and with the word of God in it. Because you don't want to get so caught up on saying things that you don't have application of. We can have affirmations all day, but affirmation without application leads to emptiness, leads to nothingness. So uh, uh, affirm, you got to have actions and words to affirm the affirmation. So you can say affirmations all day, but if you don't have actions to also affirm, you have to have words that affirm in in, in concordance, in, in conjunction to your, your actions and words. They have to match. Because people say affirmations all day about money, affirmations all day about blessings, affirmations about healing, affirmations about all those different things, but their don't, actions don't lie. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some affirmations like I can help students with in regards to self esteem, self worth, but those are scripturally based. I'm just getting them to repeat the word of God over themselves so they can see what the word of God says about themselves, so they can elevate themselves in a higher frequency of connection with God, so they can execute at an optimum le- level. But as far as affirmations, just to be saying them, you got to make sure that your actions and words both affirm together in order for things to manifest, not only the word manifest, for the things, it's crazy how culture hijack words. You can't even use, you can use them, but then they have so much new age connotations to it. You know, but anyway, you see what I'm trying to say. Hope they help. Jody Real says, what to do if you marry someone who has a sexual past that you can't compete with for men and women? Listen, um, everything can be resolved in the renewing of one's mind in a thriving relationship with God. See, sexual past has nothing to do with a current sexual encounter maritally if both people are submitted to God and they are cleansed and healed from past things. Listen, no one can compete uh, uh, with someone who is not complete. If you marry someone that hasn't been completed by Christ, yes, it's true. It's going to be very hard to compete with a past life. But if they have been completed in God and have been healed from that, see the thing, the difference between lust and love, love is something different. Love is something special. Making love with the woman that God has for you, the man that God has for you when you marry is different than no matter no, no other lustful encounter. Whether you went all the way, halfway, or just barely got the first base. See, when you when when a per when you marry someone that's in love with God and they're in love with themselves and, and there's a there's a, a completion in each other's corner that leads to them to properly complement each other in love. Then I mean, there's nothing around, under, or above that can hinder that kind of love when there's synergy between them two and the Holy Spirit, causing them to want to be sacrificial and submissive and, 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 and endeavoring to go in in-depth de- levels of love with each other, so that when sex comes, sex is just a byproduct of love. Sex is the result of love. Sex is not the end all of love. Sex is not the a uh, uh, reason for love. Sex is a byproduct of real love that you all desire to be close and you get close in an intimate way. And when there's love there, it don't matter what lust happened over there or what lust may have occurred years ago. When there's sacrificial love, God's perfect love that casts out all fear, then sexual intercourse with the one you love won't be fearful and won't be tormenting. It won't cause your thoughts to sway because you know that whatever happened them other days are not contributing to today. So, if there's any fear in your mind, a lot of men may have ego because of uh, they they only know what's in their pants compared to what their lady may have had, or um sexual experiences, or or whatever types of uh experiences that may make one better suited for pleasure. But but sexual intercourse, sexual pleasure has nothing compared to pleasing each other outside of sex. Because when you are a pleasure to be around, and it's a pleasure to serve them. Every time or all the time, then that makes intimacy even greater, right? And so men have no need to worry. Women have no need to worry to compare because comparison is a thief of joy. Because I tell you one thing, if you're the one for that person and God's love is in you and God's love is in her, let's take away her. But if God's love is in you, you are out love however they lust her. And you have to let her, you have to not even um, put that against her charge, especially if it's up under the blood. So when both people are completed by God, there's no need for competition. And there's no need need for anyone to worry about that because making love is 10 times different and 20 billion times greater than making lust with anyone. Hope that. Jojo Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. How do I put myself first and stop trying to be in a relationship with a woman? Well, first, you got to put yourself second. Put yourself second because when you learn how to put yourself second, then you'll learn how to give your best to whoever's third or fourth. See, when you put God first and you understand him and you allow God to be in the center of everything that you're involved in, you will see the unique balance that occurs over time, right? And so... In regards to putting yourself second It puts you in a frame of mind And say okay I, I now learn how to acknowledge God In all of my ways I learn how to be led by Him Because if you put yourself first Then when then what happens when God Wants you to do something else different Than what you want to put yourself first in So when you make it a habit Putting God second Like Proverbs 3 Trust in love with all your heart Lean not into your understanding In all your ways Acknowledge Him And make your path straight Right Then you will begin to see The beauty and the value of you Because when you know God has what's best, even better than what you think is best, you won't settle for the devil's pest, but you'll settle for rest, right? Instead of stress, right? And so that when you do get into a relationship, you now have your own convictions, your own standards, your own morals. You have your own self-love. God's love is perfected out all fear out of you or most fear out of you at that juncture of life, depending on when things occur, so that when you do stand in front of a woman, you have no fear of her leaving. People fear people leaving, therefore they settle for what that person they fear wants. The Bible says don't fear a man who can kill the body, or fear a man that can break up with you, or fear a woman that can break up with you, or fear someone that may not want you. The Bible says basically what he's saying in contextually in that scripture, he says don't fear a man who could kill the body. But can't but cannot do anything with the soul. He says it's better to fear the one who can both put body. So what I mean by that, reverence, your reverence for God should supersede all reverences so that it will teach you how to reverence yourself so that you won't be afraid of losing someone. Because if you're afraid to lose someone, you would you will settle for anyone. But when you love yourself and you put yourself second, you put God first, you put God in the middle of everything else, then you can communicate your convictions, communicate your standards, communicate whatever it is that you want to do without fear of losing anyone because losing anyone doesn't help you, doesn't cause you to lose you. I'm not afraid to lose anybody because I I love God, me and my wife. I'm not afraid to lose friends. I'm not afraid to lose position. I'm not afraid to lose anything because I know who I am in Christ and know who God is in me. So, hope to help. Sophia James says, "Hey Josh, good evening to you and your wife from London. Thank you for watching from London. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Thank you so much, Sophia. I appreciate it." Joshua Pittman says, "So that my manifestations can come quicker. That's the second question, I guess. My motives are pure in Jesus is in every area of my life, so there aren't any selfish motives to these prayers. Plus, healing and deliverance the children. That's true. The children's bread, but the children should want should desire the bread." And what I mean by that is the bread of life right so so if so the th- the issue is we are more hungry for for the for the crumbs more so than the loaf mm. we we are more in love with the bread than we are the baker we want the bread or we want the crumb or we settle for crumbs instead of the loaf or we want the loaf instead of the baker and we wonder why we're not healed by the maker. So we have to make sure that we're dis, that we are embracing the daily bread. He's our daily bread, so that we can receive the bread, um, the children's bread, in those in those in that context. Great follow up. Dominique Connor says, and I just emailed you, Dominique. Let me know when you're ready to coach. I think you email uh, text me back. Email me back. We'll make it happen. And if you need one-on-one coaching, and you're like, hey man, coach, I want to talk to you. I want to get coached by you. I need some advice or whatever. And you need help in your relationships. You need help with your spiritual development. You need help with your singleness, purpose, branding, or just anything. You just need to talk to someone to help you get through some things. Let me know your budget for one hour or multiple hours, and I can customize a coaching session for you. Hey, coach, if I'm always restless and can't sleep, what does that mean? I'm tired, but can't sleep. And when I wake up, I'm tired. I pray and I read the Bible before bed. How to stop over Well, that's why it's important to go deeper beyond just reading the Bible or praying, right? Because some things don't come but by prayer fasting. that's one aspect of it. But some things don't happen, but based upon trust and belief. If you're always restless, then you gotta ask yourself, what am what am I restless about? <clears throat> is it relationships Is it Is it uh, Whatever it is Whatever Because The Bible says He gives us a beloved Sweet sleep Now The real reason Why we're restless Is because We don't truly believe That we're God's beloved Or we haven't allowed God to love us because God's love removes all fear, fear causes restless, therefore I'm afraid or you are afraid of something or anxious about something. Now it's time to get those anxiety scriptures and worry scriptures and begin to meditate on them and allow those scriptures to read you. First thing to look at Philippians, be anxious for nothing. So I want you to write on a sheet of paper, all the things you're anxious about. What are you nervous about? What are you anxious about? What are you concerned about? Secondly, have you truly? Did are you praying to God just to say I did my prayers, or are you really taking these requests and these petitions to Him? Secondly, after you write down what you're anxious about, I want you to start writing every day—not what you're anxious about, but every day I want I want you to write down or say or whatever all the things you're thankful for. So when you do talk to God, <clears throat> you want to make sure you talk to God like He's a person and not a, a, a customer service rep. on on the back of an internet site, right? You don't want to talk to him like he's a machine. You want to talk to him like a person so that you, because in talking to God as a person, making your requests known, petitions and prayers, it, it, it gets the heart to vent. It gives you the chance to hear your heart and to really see, man, that's what's really tearing me apart. That's what's keeping me from playing the part I need to play in God because I'm 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 worried about this God. I'm anxious about this God. God, I don't know how this is gonna work, God. And there's there there restlessness is, 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 is some level of of, of hindrance um that, that's causing you to mentally not believe God is able to do whatever it is that you're restless about. So if you're restless about something, then there's something about your relationship with God that, that is not believable to you, that you don't believe that He's well able. Because if you believe that he's well-able, it makes you well-stable, right? And not fall into fables, right? So I've been there where you you wake up tired because you're, you're, you're subconsciously still dwelling on what you're worrying about. So you stop overthinking by processing your thinking. So what I want you to do is this. I want you to write down all the tormenting, dominant thoughts that you're thinking about. Because there's a difference between, there's a difference between underthinking and Accurate thinking and overthinking. Underthinking is you're not even using the brain that God's giving you. <laughs> you're not taking the time to really uh, use common sense and critically think. That's underthinking. Accurate thinking is when your brain has been founded scripturally and has been founded based upon common sense and and it, it is structured in a certain kind of way where you're able to think with the Word of God in mind. You're able to think with God's character in mind. You're able to think with patience in mind. You're able to think with love in mind. You're able to think with all these different fruits of the Spirit filter through. The mental settings have been set. What? Uh, uh, and, and through the renewal process And it takes time For a lot of areas to get there But the renewal process Of the Holy Spirit From relationship Begins to uh, uh, reset The mental settings To be able to include With the thought patterns To include the thought processes The word of God The character of God um, The ways of God Right And the familiarity of God God's track record So that you're able to think balanced critically But not too critically uh, Relationally But not too uh, uh, Relationally but, but you're able to think Think accurately. You're able you have a great thought pattern system that's developing you mentally overthinking is when you care too much about a thing that you're thinking about or you you want to be in control and 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 when you get into overthinking overthinking is a byproduct of a person that wants to be in control over things and, and when you want to be in control of things meaning that you want to know the when the where and the how when that will always cause you to overthink with God <laughs> because we are interdependent with him there's some independence that God wants us to have and there's a lot of dependence he wants us to have but he wants us to be interdependence means that i'm able to do things from my dependence but because of my dependence and for my dependence so i'm not able to become overly independent where i begin to defame god and all that kind of stuff right but overthinking is a byproduct of people who tend to want to be in control now you ask yourself, what do you want to be in control of that you can't be in control of the who the when the where and the how the when the where and the how the only thing they could control is the who, the what, and the why. That's the only thing you can control. I added why in there because I forgot to add that. But the when, the where, and the how, you can't control. And that leads people to overthinking. When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? Where is it going to happen? Right? And that leads you to overly think because you want to be controlled. But that's actually a good skill set thinking-wise, not overthinking. But mental, like you're able to, you analytical, you're a your processor. You have to tame that beast. I had to tame that beast. I used to overthink to the point to where I thought things. I remember one time I was a kid. I overthought so bad. I was so hungry that I overthought. I thought I had two stomachs. <laughs> I literally told my mom. My mom was like, boy, you ate enough. But mama, what if I have two stomachs? <laughs> I was like, I'm so hungry. I gotta have two stomachs. I truly believe I had two stomachs. I overthought that bad. That was when I was like maybe nine or 10 years old. So it's actually a skill a, a, a gift that has been tainted has been override or has been overcharged. So you stop overthinking by incorporating balanced thoughts, thoughts that balance weights. So write on the sheet of paper everything that you're overthinking about. And I want you to look up scriptures that go, that contradicts that negative thinking pattern. And I want you to start meditating on those different scriptures. so they can become, uh, you can become mindful of them when it's time to think. And then I want you to start processing what areas in your life do you not trust God in to be your source and your provider to help you go higher, right? And and I think that helped. And I did a video. Look at, if you type in YouTube overthinking, you, can, you will find a lot of videos that I've done on overthinking that probably has a worksheet in there too as well. What up, kiddo? Good to see you, girl. All right. I better get out of here. I got to go to a graduation. Young New says, how to find your talents and grow. How to attract the one for you. Great question. How to find your talents and grow. Well, er, like buried talents, buried treasure is your talents inside of you. It's buried inside of you. Everybody has a talent or talents. Um, everything that uh, God created, uh, every human that God has created was given talents. The goal was us for us to make those talents into skill. So how do you find your talents? What do you naturally do without any help? You've been good at it since you was a kid. You have a bent towards it. You tend to do those things very well. What are those different things? Those are your talents. Some people have athletic talents. Some people have academic talents. Some people have uh, intellectual talents. Some people have creative talents. Some people have artistic talents. All different types of talents that God has given you that you're gifted at. That you some people can jump out of the building and then you got to look at those talents, whatever those things that you're naturally good at, then I want you to start investigating all the all the possible things that you can do with that talent so for instance, the athletic person that says i 'm just athletically talented then now you got to say, okay, what can I do with athleticism? What are all the possible things I can do with athleticism? If you're a drawer, or what are all the possible things I can do with art? If you are a photographer and you can say, what are are all the possible things I can do with picture? Because photography, for instance, photography doesn't mean that you're just skilled at photography. It's deeper than photography. You have an eye because a camera is just an eye. And so you have a good eye. So you got to say, okay, if I have a good eye, what do people with good eyes tend to do? People with good eyes are good at graphic design. People got good eyes are good at product placement. People with good eyes are good at uh, fashion and styling. People with good eyes are good at these different things. So don't just look at photography. You got to go all the way down back to whatever. I know my giftings is that I, I am good with words and I have a good eye. I have a good ear. Right, so I look at all those different natural raw talent that only God can give, and I and I investigate all the possibilities of what I can do with that talent, right? And then through my relationship with God, then He determines what gift is activated for a particular time for His glory to manifest. So right now, uh, like two, like the last six months, I was graced and and gifted, not gifted, but I was graced by God with the gift of writing. I was able to put two books out in six months. That the, the Holy Spirit charged in me to activate a particular gift for a particular season because he knows a particular gift at a particular season has a particular level of energy needed for it to happen. Right? So the relationship of God will then determine the activations of particular gifts, especially if you are, are are making those into skill. That's why I tell people, in the meantime, become a master of your talents. Like if you're very good at artistry, if you're very good with your with the eye and you're good with words practice i used to for, for years i would look at random objects and say can you come up with an acronym for that can you like like why you think q a's i do them all the time uh, with the liberty of the holy spirit and sometimes you just give me liberty to do it whenever i want to it's because it's making me a master at answering questions in a matter of milliseconds after reading it that's a skill that's a skill god utilize my skill of service and and hospitality and empathy To connect with people's questions. And from experience, I'm able to answer these questions like that. And y'all like, how does this guy, in a matter of milliseconds, answer a question? Some people think these questions I've already had. These are live questions. But I took a real raw skill, washed it, polished it, to where no matter where I can go, boom, boom, boom. But I've been doing this for years. I've been answering, i probably answered thousands of questions in my life. Tens of thousands. So you find the real raw talent and then you develop a real raw issue of God and then you allow the Holy Spirit to release you into certain seasons of activation so that you can become so good at it that when it's time for God to get premium glory from that gift, you're able to swiftly make sure he gets glory. Now, the reality of this is you must grow your talents because you're going to be judged based upon them. The Bible talks about being very careful you build the foundation. The foundation was Christ. The Bible says some will build with hay and straw, and some will build with precious stones. But everybody's work will be tried by fire. You have no excuse not to grow your gift. The devil has created a society and a system designed to keep you distracted from developing your gift, but to feed the system. To feed the beast. You worked for these people for 40 years. You fed the beast, but your book's been in the shuffle of your heart for life. The, the Bible says he'll teach your hands how to profit It's like some of y'all some some, All of us are sitting on uh, revenue streams God wants generational revenue streams Rivers that will flow down the, re- the generations for life That's why I go so hard Because I want the Azies to always have Fresh residual rivers of water To fund their dreams To help them develop rivers for their kids Kids, 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 streams. So we all gotta make sure That we grow our talents For God's glory Because our gifts given to God makes us better looking, makes us better gifted. Man, God makes me look good all the time when I do this. Man, I'm shocked that he's using me like this. But I put him at his word. You know, And so you got to grow them. Now, how do you grow your talent the way you got to get him? You got to grow your relationship with God. You got to get close to God, man. In order to grow your talents, you got to get close to God and get rid of unnecessary noises. Number two, that's what I'm you got to release all unnecessary connections. number one, to grow your to grow your talents and skills, you got to get close to God. Because when you get close to God, his love will get rid of all fears that may cause you not to, that will cause you to disappear from being in your sphere. You got to get close to God so that that love can get rid of all that fear so that you can really see what God really wants you to do, right? And then as you get closer to God, you got to start getting rid of every, everyone's opinion, everyone's thoughts, every, your, your own insecurities. You got to start getting rid of bad people, people that's not growing with you. You got to get rid of it. Next, you got to make opportunity to grow your talents. And you got to make sure you grow your talent, uh, uh, give opportunity to grow it and become a master of it. Spend time with it. There's three things you must always spend time with. Uh, uh, Four things if you're married and you have a family. Number one, you got to always spend time with God. You always got to create opportunity to spend time with God. You always got to create opportunity to spend time with yourself. If you're single, you always got to create opportunity to spend time with your craft. Now, if you married or you got a family, you got you to always create opportunity to spend time with God. It's a must to create opportunity to spend time with God. It's a must to create opportunity to spend time with yourself. It's a must to create time to, uh, opportunity to spend time with your family. And then you make time, to spend time with your craft. But you can't let a day go by without spending time with those four if you married or have a family or those three if you are not, right? Last but not least, worship God with it. Worship God with it every time you are given the opportunity to do it. Because when you worship God, you have the right mindset, the right heart, the right motive so that you'll begin to grow in greater anointing. The goal is not to grow in greater levels of talent. It's to grow in greater levels of anointing. Anointing is the sauce. What's a chicken tender with no sauce? What's, what's, what's a sandwich, a dry sandwich with no sauce? What, what, what's any type of great meal? With? What's spaghetti with no sauce? All right? So the anointing is, is the sauce. The sauce is the residue of your relationship with God, the Holy Spirit permeating through your gifting so that when people see you dance or they see your photography or they see whatever you do, they are in amazement because there's something about what I'm in the midst of that's taking yokes off of me. See, I don't want to be the most talented. I want to be the most anointed. Therefore, the only way I can make my talent anointed, even in the ultimate skilled form, is to worship God with it and not worship the world with it. Pray that helps. Love you all. I gotta go. Gotta go. Uh, Let me see. That's it. Love you all. Thank you all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. If you need one-on-one coaching, let me know if you need help with your talents to grow it and you want to know what it is. I can I can help you find that. Let me know what you need for your relationship development, spiritual development, personal development, singleness development. You can whatever, purpose branding. There's a lot of other things that I have on my website you can take a look at. I would love to serve you. I have a lot of slots. I just started. I'll have my start coaching tomorrow. I got somebody tomorrow. I got some people lined up next week. So if you want to get on the books, get your email to me now because they fill up, okay? Um, So I got about 60 or 70 slots, and I don't know the percentage of them being filled up uh, but you got to get in because I only have 10 weeks of of a lot of premium time and energy to give to you all in this form. I'm going to be serving a lot this summer in, in this form, in this facet, and I want to serve you. So get your stuff in now. Email me now. Let me know your budget. And then I'll customize A coaching session for you Also check out my latest book Facts Over Feelings It's a book to help you Process your feelings So that you can get back To fulfilling your role in life And and you do that by finding the facts Behind your feelings So that you can become More faithful In what it is That needs your faith To be full in it This book is a great resource And it'll be a blessing to you If you're looking for a book To help you hold things better you want to be more prepared To hold things in the future Or you want to be better prepared To hold what you have right now This book This journal will help you understand your wholeness and the whole things well. Um, this book right here sparked that book, The Purpose of Singleness. As you can see, the buckets and the same lettering. Um, but The Purpose of Singleness is a book to help you understand your singleness and learn how to maximize it for God's glory so that when you do enter the next phase of your life, um, you will be a better wife, a better husband, a better person, a better parent for what it is that you want to be involved in. If you're looking for a great resource um, dating-wise and you want to learn how to become dateable, and, and know how to uh, make sure that you have the right questions to make sure that you and the guy or you and the girl are on the same page. Tons of questions in this book. Over 100 or 200 questions that will either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. And it's a great resource for you to date yourself, see what you really like about yourself and stuff like that, and make time with God as well. This book right here, Counterfeit the Counterpart, helps you discern the will of God in every area of your life. It helps you really begin to see, is this is this God's best or the devil's pest? And it's a great book, I believe, will help you with that. If you look into uh, untie Soul Ties, Utrecht Strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, it's a great book, great resource for you. Um, Whom the sun Sets Free is free indeed. Like that bird, that cage could have been open for days, but it's not the it's not the cage opener's fault, it's the person in the cage. So God has set you free long time ago, uh, but you have to walk in that freedom. This book will teach you how to do that. If you're looking for a book for your young person, fourth grade, third grade, or seventh grade, great book for kids to understand their art form. Our, my wife and I, cartoon characters are there. Great resource there, I believe. If you're looking for a book to help you better understand spiritual warfare and how to understand the whole armor of God. Um, this book right here would be a great resource. You all, We also have t-shirts and merch on our website and ways for you to give, support what we do, get involved, all that good stuff. You can do all that on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I'm also developing an online street team. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but I'm looking for people that can that will help me to help my channel grow, um, help me find clips that, that you think would be beneficial to people because I have big content. I have big sailing ships, and those ships don't sail quick, right? And so I'm looking, and I don't really have that much time to be finding 30 second snippets that power. So if there's any moment, anyone in my videos, you're like, man, that part of that video blessed me. Send me the timestamps in the video. Also, I'm looking for people to help me um, develop the timestamps of these videos. So if you just, say, I want to help, however, coach, um, just just do what you feel led to do. Put you can put quotes in the in the chat box down below. You can uh you can put timestamps below of moments that blessed you. Let me know the timestamps in this video that blessed you so I can possibly make a clip out of that and um, all that good stuff. So if you want to be a part of that, just do what y'all do. And I appreciate your support. I'll add a little bit more structure to it down the road. Um, You signed up for a session? Okay. Get What's your email? I don't know if you're talking to me or someone else. Just email me through my website, imunplugged.com if you want coaching. Um, Email me through there and we'll make it happen. Captains, I see y'all next time. Y'all be blessed. I appreciate y'all's love and support. Y'all generosity in advance. I see y'all next time. Peace.